you know, timelines and all that. But oh yeah, your theory's wrong. See, okay, I know you're just gonna dismiss it out of hat, out of hand, but oh no, I'm gonna back it up when you're done. Well, I liked it. I don't care what you guys say about Black Widow. I disagree. I thought it was great. I'm not sure where you guys hated it so much. This is going to be uh, Charles's multiverse of madness. Havin Charles and Caesar talk comics at the movies. Hi there, and welcome to Hav and Charles Talk Comics. We have a very special episode today. It's a Black Widow episode, and as we said before, if you listen to episode seven, oops, if you listen to episode six, uh, we brought our friend Caesar Akala aboard to join Hav and I to discuss the new Black Widow movie. Hi, Hav. Hi, Caesar. How y'all doing? I'm Gentlemen, good. How good are you to doing? Talk to y'all. Oh, this is going to be fun. Yeah, we're going to be all <laughs> over each other. <laughs> and if it works. Anyway, that it's been working so far, we're going to be all over each other, and I'm the one that's going to be louder. Yeah, you're, you're <laughs> just a loud talker. That, that, I am a loud talker. This is this is a true truism. Yes. So, Caesar, welcome aboard. Thanks, guys. I've enjoyed the last, I guess, this is, so what, five episodes have come out already? That's correct. Five episodes. I've really, I've enjoyed them. It's not just because you guys are old friends that I've had these conversations with a thousand times, but it's actually very cool to talk to listen to y'all talk about this in a way that sometimes we've never gotten into because y'all are introducing me to new things that i have i haven't read comics in probably 10 years it's just been something that i kind of drifted away from and so like black hammer i knew nothing about that the flintstones you know only knew about the cartoon so listening to hav go on about what that what the undertones of it were it was really interesting so i've enjoyed listening to what you guys have put out so far cool dude thank you so much for saying that i appreciate it and same. I mean, I, I'm not reading as much as I used to at all. And so Charles introducing me to new stuff uh, has been awesome because so far he has not made a bad recommendation. Charles would probably differ as to my recommendations to him on some of this stuff since my stuff is a little older. But it's been it's been a lot of fun. I'm glad you're I'm glad you're, you're liking it. And I'm glad hopefully some other folks are liking it, too. I, I'm just glad people are willing to listen to me talk about comics for once. It's always been a secret little thing. I think Hav and I talked about that. What was it? The very first episode. We, yeah, junior high. We didn't talk about it. Caesar and I didn't ever talk about it in college together. I mean, I think we had one conversation about comics. I I slightly uh, remember that. I don't really remember, but yeah, it wasn't something that I was shouting from the rooftop. <laughs> um, and it wasn't. I mean, it definitely was that thing of it wasn't a cool thing to be into. But at the same time, it was just one of those things like I didn't know who was into it. And since I wasn't going to bring up the topic, you kind of just sat in your little empty space and didn't really know who was into it. And the only people that I could talk to about it were from the comic shop that I would buy from. And, you know, that's not always the easiest conversation just because when you're talking, when you're into something, but you're talking to somebody who's super duper into something, it's not always, it doesn't always go over real well or, you know, it's just kind of feeling like you're a, you know, talking to a grad, you know, PhD candidate when you're, you know, barely getting through junior high. That that reminds me of a story that it was at a party at James's and I was talking to Troll. Elaine and I were talking to Troll and he mentioned that what I needed to do to meet women was to go do things that I enjoyed doing and that women that would be interested in the same thing would be there. And Elaine, without any prompting, goes, but the guys at the comic book store are creepy. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, they were. <laughs> so that cracked me up. Uh-oh. Well, creepy, and also like going back to what you, we were saying, Caesar. Right when, when I was in junior high, which was kind of my high point of, of buying comic books, I was always the youngest kid person that felt like in the comic book store that was there on a regular basis. And so everybody else there was in high school or young adult, you know, young adults. And probably would have been kind of weird for them to like start engaging in a conversation with a middle schooler. And I wasn't going to be the one to say, Hey, I want to talk about this latest, you know, cosmic odyssey limited series that, you know, that DC's put out here. It just wasn't something that, 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 that was happening. And then the only other kid in junior high, I knew we talked about comics, but then we, kind of didn't hang out very much in high school I, and then as as nerdy as it is to say this i was on the debate team in high school and still didn't share with anybody that i was still reading comic books very you know more than a few years into high school other 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 debaters were into star trek star wars sci-fi stuff other you know quote-unquote geeky nerdy stuff but i never was like hey by the way on top of everything else I'm a big comic book guy. You read Avengers? You read Justice League? No. It wasn't, I just never crossed my mind to bring that up. Well, and it also really depends upon what it is you're into. Because if you're, you know, if, if you're not into Batman, but somebody's super into Batman, you're kind of, you're not on the same page. And so there's, maybe there's not enough to talk about. And then, you know, I've always been, since I was, got it when I was a kid, and then when I picked it up again in high school, X-Men. And that's always been my thing. And so, like, it's a vast, vast universe, but I was never into DC. And so those conversations just never went anywhere. The only thing I really ventured out into was Image Comics when it first launched and never got super into it. But there were some guys that I worked with that got me reading a few of the titles. And so, you know, we talk about some of that, but I also didn't understand maybe like the, you know, the backstories of a lot of these comics because I came in, you know, there was a big gap in my reading and then you know didn't know a lot of the backstories for the characters and so like there's a big learning curve that you know you bridge over time but it's just one of those things is like finding people who are into the things you're into and it doesn't degenerate into a no superman's the greatest ever no it's captain america no it's wolverine and all that and so like i lost my flavor you know a desire to have those conversations pretty quickly just because it was like dude you're arguing about something that's impossible to really settle so and I'm sure Debate Hoff loved those conversations then. <laughs> no, you know what? No, I didn't. I, I liked actually just talking about what you liked, what you didn't like. But if I wasn't going to – Uncanny X-Men wasn't your bag or or DC or Justice League wasn't your thing. Oh, okay, you know. I wasn't really into it to debate and, ah, you know, Superman, you know, Silver Age Superman could kick, you know, Hulk's ass or, or whatever. I, I, I could care <laughs> less about those – uh, conversations well it was just it's what stan lee says who wins a fight between super superheroes whoever the writer wants to yeah for sure I, i've always said it's whoever's comic it's in because if cap and spider-man fight in a spider-man comic spider-man wins if they fight in a captain america comic cap wins yeah, true and that's one of the conversations that when you know, even now with the movies coming out, when somebody says, you know, oh, that would never happen. So-and-so, you know, would do this. And I'm like, dude, it's a, there's a screenwriter and they're the ones who <laughs> figured all this stuff out. And that's why it happens. And that's why it's possible. So please, for the love of God, stop yelling at me that 
you know, Spider-Man wouldn't do that or Captain Marvel would, would do something different. I don't know, man. I didn't write the script. I, I do like the fact that not only do the screenwriters of Avengers Endgame not know how time travel works in the Marvel Universe, they have made it much more clear with the Loki that they don't know how time travel works in the Marvel Universe. Yeah, I was reading something that Kevin, is it Feig? Feig? Feige. Uh, Feige. And that he was having to explain, like, you know, this is how it goes. And, you know, like, it got real super confusing in their meetings and writers were walking out going, I don't really understand, you know, what he just said. And, you know, I mean, it's a hard thing because, I, hell, I don't know what the rules are, but, it, you know, you've got a bunch of different people interpreting it in different ways mm-hmm. and then trying to keep track of how the universe works uh it's a huge huge job and you know kudos for them for everything that they've done it would make my head explode if i had to be the one in charge of all that feige's done an incredible job with that just amazing well time travel just makes my head hurt in general and and everybody but going like who's going to win a fight well whoever the writer wants to time travel is going to work however the writer wants it to work they can make the rules to, to their benefit because it's not really time travel it's but mul- when you've got so many different writers having to construct this universe, mm-hmm. and that's one of the things that you know if we can start moving towards the movies that's driven me insane about like um, the X Men movies. Um, you had writers who just didn't either care for the source material or just wanted to reinvent something, and so you had just different elements from different things, and it just it wasn't cohesive. So what Marvel's done is trying to build this universe that works together and that you have crossover. It's an incredible feat what they've achieved. And then to keep going, it's going to be even harder. But I respect them for it because it's just driven me crazy over the years that, you know, look at the first X-Men and you've got uh, Sabretooth, that version of Sabretooth. And then the version of Sabretooth in the Wolverine, was it whichever the Wolverine movie was mm-hmm. with um, Leif Schreiber. Think of the, yes. And so they're entirely different things. Now, whatever they bring them into the MCU, what's that going to look like? And it was funny, uh, Red Guardian in the movie, like there's one scene where he's kind of leaping. And I thought that would, that would, he would make a great Sabretooth in that oh, moment. You're right. He looked like Sabretooth. And I was like, they wasted that actor, David Harbour on that role. <laughs> the the um, Crimson Dynamo. Know. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, it's things like that, that now building that cohesive universe, it's so much more difficult, but what they've done is super impressive. And I really enjoyed what they've done since the first Iron Man. I remember going to the theater and thinking, okay, keep your expectations low. It's not going to be that great. You know, the X-Men movies let me down, Fantastic Four. But that coming out of Iron Man, I was like, holy crap, that is it right there. That was so much fun. I think I went and saw it the next day again because I was so excited for what they'd accomplished. Well, and it goes to show what having somebody like Kevin Feige over, I mean, not, not that he's directing and writing, but just having that overarching vision, control. And something I didn't know, speaking of the X-Men movies, I... I know I'm a big Uncanny X-Men from back in that time period. Of course, Claremont. So when X-Men came out in 2000, I want to say. Yeah, that's about right. And and so X-Men, X2, good. But they, but also, I didn't know this. Kevin Feige was like a, an associate producer on those or some such. And then I think after X2, he left. Then you had all this, you know, then you had the, 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 weird, the weird one with the kind of the Dark Phoenix thing with the original cast. And you just could tell whatever 
cohesiveness, whatever you want to call it, over the X-Men kind of fell apart. And then you, you just got all these different iterations. You know, and I enjoyed X-Men, the, the one with the... I'm blanking on the names now. With McAvoy, that first one. Oh, First Class. First Class, first class was excellent. I, I enjoyed that one, for example. I enjoyed Days of Future Past. But, God, that last the, the last one with uh, Dark Apocalypse. Phoenix was... Apocalypse was a rough watch. But uh, but, but but not as not as rough as Dark Phoenix. Yeah. No. No. So. That, but hey, before oh, go ahead. Oh, well, I just, I was just going to say that Dark Phoenix almost killed comic book movies. <laughs> yeah, single <laughs> They almost had to go. Yep, we're done now. We. Sorry. Hey, before we get into it, I wanted to also point out. I think Caesar, you mentioned this before. You worked at a comic book shop for a point in time, correct? I did. Probably less than a year. It's a weird experience. It's just. Like, it was just an opportunity, the guy who ran it, and I'd rather not say which one it was, but it was, you know, he needed somebody, I had, I was available, and so I was there, and just meeting the people, like, some people, super, super cool, most of the people are super cool, and they're excited, and they want to talk comics, and I'd be, like, real in over my head, and I was probably 22 around around that time, and, you know, real in over my head when they'd start telling me about, you know, this book, and this artist, and everything, I'm like, I have no idea what that is, and they're like, it's over there. You should go read that. Like they're pointing to the racks. And then so I, you know, it got, gave me an opportunity to read a few different things. But yeah, those, the people who were just like super, super into it, it was just like, okay, like I don't know what to do with everything you just told me, but hey, I'm really happy that you're super into this. Speaking of reading comics, and I'm contractually obligated to do this with any guest by our sponsor. Do you have a Dallas library card? I'm sorry, you're cutting out. I can't hear anything you're saying. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, I'm afraid we're going to have to cut this short. Only people with Dallas library cards. I, actually, that's not true because Hobbs been on this, uh, started this podcast without a Dallas library card. So I guess I, I can allow it. You really should get a, get a library card. You get free comics. It's free, yo. Yeah, no. There's not a lot of time right now for uh, extracurricular reading. Oh, so I, I feel you. Yeah, but no, I do support the library. It's a super neat place. You guys should all go get books over there. That is a ring endorsement if I ever heard one, ladies and gentlemen. There you go. Hey, look, when Heather takes her daughter, I'm real super excited about it. Do I go? No, absolutely not. But I support them in this. Gotcha. I'm pretty sure I still have a book from like 1985 or something like that. And I, you know, I'm just afraid to go in there because I don't really know what they're going to do to me. Well, good news. They, have, uh, they no longer fine. You just have to return it. And then you can reactivate your uh, library card. There you go. That sounds like a lot of effort. I mean, there's probably going to be a light spanking, but at least in this library movie I watched online. <laughs> right. I was going to say it could be lights. It could be a light spanking, but they're open to more severe punishments should you desire it. I think is your. Yeah, I don't think y'all are really selling the library very well right now. So oh, it, it depends on what market we're going for. That's exactly right. true. That's very, very true. Uh, just just on a segue, did y'all hear about the defunct video site that was bought by a porn site, and now it's putting embedded porn videos at the end of videos on the Washington Post and the New York Times and other online? That, that came across my feed today. No, I know nothing about this. Well, now you know as much as I do, but it sounds hilarious. Just like on old videos and old links because this video site got bought by someone else when it went bankrupt. It's now so by a porn site. I have is it intentional or is it like, I, like an accident? I have no idea. I didn't I literally was going about my day and glanced at something on Twitter and I was like, "Okay, that's hilarious cuz 
no yeah. one seems to know what to do about it. So. All right. Well, there you go. There's a little uh, news for you of the day. Uh, hey, so we, we we the whole point of this was we all got together a few Fridays ago and we went to go see Black Widow at the at an actual real life movie theater. Indeed, it was fun. It was very fun. When was the last time we went to see a movie? Because the three of us would generally pretty regularly when a new Marvel movie or any comic book movie, but usually Marvel would drop. We go see it. When was the one? Was it Endgame that we yeah. saw last? It had to have been Endgame because that was the last. Did we see the Spider-Man together? The no, I, I I went with my nephew and then with my girlfriend. Okay, yeah, because it I, had I, to have been like, Endgame. Yeah, it was Endgame. Was the last one we saw together. Yeah, which was I mean, what? that was the first time I'd seen either one of you since it. Hob, I know for sure it had to have been February of 2020. And I right, think that's Charles, when we saw. That yeah, it was exact. Probably the same day when we were at Hob's house. Were we at his house? Was that the, yeah. Were we at his, yeah, we were, yeah, we were, we, we were watching. We, uh, we were taking care of him. We watched, uh, what was that football league? XFL. <gasps> oh my gosh, XFL? we watched the XFL. <laughs> I had course. blanked that out, and so did the XFL. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, Their yeah. timing the was perfect. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they didn't Let's... make it out of uh, quarantine. <laughs> but yeah, so that would have been, the end game would have been the last movie we saw together, and... Like I said, I hadn't seen either one of you guys in over a year. So getting out and being able to see, you know, see a movie, see you guys. Last weekend, we got together with a group of friends. And so, you know, just like the world's opened up again. And now we've got these opportunities to go out and do these things. And it's pretty fantastic. Amen. So, boys, did you like the movie? I like Black Panther. I can say that. Right? We're, I'm sorry. I did that on purpose. <laughs> we're, we're, uh, no, I, I, I think I told y'all immediately after I really enjoyed the crap out of it. I watched it again. I, I, y- y- y'all know my feelings about, about, uh, about Black Hammer. It's the, oh, wait, there I did it again. I'll stop being a poser. I really loved the movie, but I think I told y'all that after we saw the movie. Yeah, I wasn't sure if I was like super just excited to see y'all and to see a movie in the theaters and all that, that I came out like, yeah, that was awesome. So, you know, three days later, I took my girlfriend's daughter for her 10th birthday to go see it along with uh, one of her friends and then two of my ne- my two nephews. And I came out. Yep. I enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought that they I'm not a I'm not super big on the solo films like Charles. You were saying a few episodes ago that like you like the solo books. I'm a team book person. I love the X-Men. I love, you know, when they do the when they do the big crossovers. So the solo stories never really appealed to me that much. Captain Marvel's great. Iron Man's great. Black Panther's great. But I love it when they all come together. I enjoyed this one so much because it was it was just, it was fun. It was light. The action was great. And it was just some, it's, it felt like the thing I needed to see at that time. Because it was just a, a quick, enjoyable movie. And, you know, like Black Panther was super heavy at times. Like, there was a lot of Shakespearean overtones to it, and I was just like, oh, my God, man, this is movie. I remember turning to you, Charles, and going, man, this movie's deep when we saw that. <laughs> and then Black Widow didn't have that, but it did touch on a lot of the little things I wanted to hear about, like when she was in uh, Budapest mm-hmm. and, you know, like her time fi- figuring out, like, where it was in the timeline and how she fits into, like, something in the movie that are we – Staying away from spoilers, or are we could trying to go. Oh no! This is good. This is two weeks from this. This will be out two weeks from today, or two oh, weeks okay, in a okay. day from today. So you know what? I I I'll put in the thing. Spoilers. Um, I loved the thing where she says, you know, like 
her completing her defection to the Avengers was contingent upon her killing. What was the guy's name? The big Russian bad guy. Hav, that's your job. The one who, the one who runs the uh, the red room. Yeah, I'm looking uh, Drakeoff. Drakeoff. Yeah, okay, so that was you know like her big thing to get into the Avengers is to or to leave that life behind was to kill this guy. And in that process, she ends up killing, well, what she thinks is killing the daughter too. And it's like, that's pretty brutal. Like this mm-hmm. is what, she, like where the Avengers did Nick Fury say, Hey, you got to kill this guy so you can be one of us or just her last mission that she took on to leave that life behind. Well, I'm I would curious about that. Yeah. I would easily say that Nick Fury probably would have been all on board with that. In, in the sad thing on what she'd done in other things and what her father at Drakeoff's father, uh, the Drakeoff, the, oh, what Drakeoff had done to other little girls. You can see her even trying to justify the one little girl for all these little girls that Drakeoff keeps doing. And then the toll, when we find out Drakeoff to her, then she finds out Drakeoff is still alive, that she sacrificed one little girl and still didn't save any other little girls. Yeah. So. Well, and go, go ahead, sir. Oh, I it just it was to to me. I, I, I just talking about themes of the movie. That was just taking her entire arc where she's been working to cleanse herself of this, thinking that yes, it was bad, but I did something good, and now she's back to oh wait, I did something bad and it did no good. Yeah. Well, in in going to what Caesar was saying, just in general, the MCU movies, most of them anyway, have kind of a lighter touch to them. There's there's obviously humor. But they do such a good job, generally, and this this one does too. Yeah, it's light. There's funny moments. The the whole poser thing with the, the little sister drops. <laughs> oh, that was great. That was fantastic. But, you know, when she's talking, and, and you know, when she's talking to her, her big sister Natasha about when she would, you know, she drops down and puts the the one hand down on the ground and then flips her head back. She's like, "You pose. You're a poser." Light things like that. But then there's, you know. I'm not going to say super serious stuff, but they very easily segue into some really hard stuff to talk about when they're all at the dinner table, for example. And it's Rachel Weiss's character, who's the mom, but not the mom, and David Harbour's character, Red Guardian. And, and, and it's a family reunion for the first time, and you get really touchy-feely moments. And then on a dime, you pivot out of them, but it's it's still incredibly sometimes heart-wrenching, but not over the top. And just uh, soapbox a little bit. That's why it drives me crazy when some people say, ah, the, the, that's why the DC expanded universe is so much better because it's so much more serious and dark and then the MCU is just all for laughs. And like, no, it's not. Neither is like that. So both can have their fun moments and both can have their, their serious moments. It's not mutually exclusive one versus the other either. And it's not just Marvel. Marvel doesn't just make Laurel and Hardy Three Stooges movies. Uh, they they do they do everything well, and it's balanced. Well, it's it's more like life. I always get tired of the hey, why isn't it more dark? There's light moments in the darkest times of everybody's life. Someone makes a joke in just and sure. Sometimes that someone is me. Okay, always that someone is me, but it's needed in a heavy situation at times. I mean, how many of us have just lost? I, I make jokes at funerals or after funerals. I've, I've done it. I do it with my family. They laugh. It is a cleansing moment, and sometimes it helps you actually let go of some of the feelings in a positive way. And that's kind of where they're breaking the tension. And I really liked that meal scene because, yeah, there were some light things where they were pretending to be light, and then it flipped because they're not a family. 
they weren't a family. And when you look at what really happened to those little girls when they came back, that was a horrible experience in Ohio that, what is the uh, younger one's name? Yelena. Yelena idealizes. She wants to live in the Midwest. And the fact that she... Well, and, go ahead, I'm sorry. Oh, the fact that she put Natasha's grave in the Midwest, and I'm pretty sure she had something to do with that, because why else would it be somewhere in Ohio? Yeah, I like that touch. And about that dinner scene... It does show the dynamic or, you know, it reveals in her character that, like you're saying, that that was real to her. And that was the most real or not because it's not real, but it's the constructed world that she had that was then ripped away from her because she's genuinely hurt that they're arguing and saying that it wasn't real. It wasn't real. And she's like, it's real to me. And I felt like that was really important for like you have Natasha's scenario where, you know, she's a loner. She's been a spy, and then she finds family with the uh, with the Avengers, and then you come to find out through, through her backstory, you know, she did have family, and she even said at one point to uh, Melina, Rachel Weiss's character, you know, she remembers doing Christmas and Easter and summer break and all those pictures in one day, and she was holding the gift and she was shaking it like she just wanted for one second for the whole thing to be real, even though she knew it was fake. And like what you were saying, Hav was then. They go from these light moments where it's kind of this bickering family and then they're into talking about child trafficking and, you know, how these girls are taken. And, you know, watching that with two 10 year olds, I was kind of like looking at them out of the side of my eye like, ah, crap, what did I get myself into? Like, am I going to have to explain this? And am I going to have to explain a hysterectomy to them? And, oh, yeah. You know. Oh, like, damn. Oh, that's saying. Please don't say anything. Yeah. And so, like, those things, there's there is a lot of light in these movies that it's fun and it's exciting but they do end up touching on a lot of really uh, deep dark things and giving depth to their characters that that's something I really enjoy you know that you can see you know this transformation of Natasha Romanoff from you know two dimensional spy in Iron Man 2 to having this where she's really fleshed out and you also see that in Endgame where she's the one trying to hold the world together you know as whatever avengers are still left and you can see the toll it's taking well and yes all of that and plus the, the the beautiful thing about the mcu is you get her starting out in iron man 2 and throughout the, the her appearances in the avengers movies and captain america movies i guess too in iron man movies they drop these little easter eggs like you said and then they pick up on them the Red Room, Budapest, which is which is awesome that, you know, hey, they probably have dropped a million little nuggets here and there that they don't ever keep on pulling on that string, but it's cool when they do and flesh it out. Like in that when 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 Black Widow finally gets her solo movie, you get to explore all this stuff. And and it made me think too, we we just watched on Disney Plus this whole making of WandaVision and Paul Bettany's talking about the beautiful thing about the MCU and now these TV shows is that it is all integrated. It's all related. And he likened it, well, because he's talking about WandaVision, you know how they do the whole, you know, 50s sitcoms, 60s, 70s, 80s, and so on. He, he It made him realize that the MCU is episodic in nature. And it is one big ongoing storyline, loosely. I mean, it's not just one story of one character, but there's these characters that share this universe and it's you know, you, you've you've had beginning, middles, and ends of arcs, and now you're starting new arcs, and it's just super cool to watch. So, there's that. You cut out there for a second, so I wasn't <laughs> sure if you were done. 
No, I was going to say, I, it kind of went dead on my end. I was wondering if oh, I... Did, you, did your strange saver come back on? Yeah, it did. <laughs> Moving on. I, I was very careful on the things I watched and read about the Black Widow in the news because I saw some headlines on, well, this was great, but too late, and that didn't develop the character, and she never developed the character. And I've watched that character through all the movies, and she had developed. She did change as she went along. I mean, just in the Captain America movies, which was as close to a solo movie as she got until here, she actually did have some character development. And that is, as you heard, my rant, well, my diatribe, well, yeah, ranting diatribe about team books. That's always kind of been my negative about it, is that there is no advancement of the character in the team books. But now you get her in her solo movie and you can see her change. You can see her realizing that she has a family and she has more than one family. And then she got to find out that her mom actually was murdered because she wouldn't give up on her, which it was a horrifically nice touch <laughs> when you get into that. Yeah, Disney's big on killing parents. Oh, yeah, Disney. Disney wants children to know the they're... An- <laughs> I thought it was just the animated movies, but... <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of dead parents. Run, or a lot of people run around with dead parents in these things. It's kind of disturbing. Yeah, Disney wants yeah. you to know that your parents are going to die. They're just preparing you for that. They they just play they just play that that one. Oh God, what's oh my God, I'm blanking on this song. Never mind. There's that song. They sing the song Vaseline, but they have another song that everybody. It's really nicely melodic, but everybody knows going to die. Oh, I know what you're talking about. I can't think of who it is. Present? No, it's not presidency United States. Hold on, I'm looking. Uh... Anyways, Anyways, I'll figure it out. Yeah. Uh, but no, I'm just thinking that they would have that song. Flaming Lips? In the background. Who is it? Well, anyways, anyways, it doesn't matter. It, it's either Flaming Lips. Uh, it's a Flaming Lips. It's a Flaming Lips. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's a Flaming Lips song. So what was y'all's favorite scene? Do you have a favorite scene? Mm, that's a good question. I'm probably going to go with the... Uh, the breakout in the prison because that's what that's the scene where when david harbors or when lexi is leaping to get out of the prison and he's you know in his prison outfit and everything and he just he looked like Sabretooth, and that's when i thought i was like they wasted him on this because he was kind of a buffoon in the movie but i thought he he really he looked the part of Sabretooth so well but then you know, in that scene, you've got a lot of great action. You you know, the white contrast, uh, the snow and everything like that. I enjoyed that a lot just because of the action to it. And then the, you know, the impending doom of the um, avalanche that was coming. And, you know, they're flying in that beaten down helicopter. This would be uh, a cool yeah, way to die. Like, yeah, yeah. And that is hilarious. It's like she's, you know, and when uh, Natasha drops down and she does the pose, <laughs> and Yelena looks and goes, Poser. Yeah. That was just another one of those funny moments. Yeah, I'm probably gonna say the uh, that breakout scene was my favorite. I, I was gonna go back to the, the the family reunion at Yelena's house, uh, not Yelena's house, at Rachel Wise's character's house, and when they're that that scene when they're all sitting around the the table, and it, well, first of all, speaking of funny, him stuffing his 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 body into his old Red Guardian suit and coming out, it still fits. And sitting down at the table in full uniform at Melina, Melina's house, and oh, and the and, sexual, and we were, the sexual tension between him and uh, Rachel Weiss. Yeah, he's like, I've that, got a lot of energy. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh my god! And the, the and the, the two the two girls responding the way the kids would. It's like, stop, <laughs> stop now, please. 
No, and I know we've already talked about it, but that whole scene, because it goes from, from light and funny to very serious when you're right, the, uh, the little sister, Yelena, says, you know, no, it, it was real to me. And yes, before she knew that it was all, it was all a, a, a sham, but to her it was real. So that and then right after that, you know, she she leaves the, the dinner table and goes to her, goes to a room to be by herself. And, you know, Alexi, the Red Guardian, goes after her and then starts singing her American Pie. It was very sweet and funny. And, and then, you know, then the bad guys show up. I, I was horrified at how touched that moment made me when he was singing Bye Bye Miss American Pie. I was I was like, oh, my Lord, why did this hit me that hard? This is... It was honestly, it, it should have been a cheesy moment, but I was like, damn, that was really well done. The tie-in from coming in the coming from the beginning when she's like, it's my song. And then him remembering it, even though he's, well, him. Well, uh-huh. he's, he's letting her know that mm-hmm. I, you know, the, what they had together as a family was important and he does remember it. And he remembers mm-hmm. this thing about her, that it was important to her. And so it softens him as the person because otherwise he's just a buffoon that, yep. you know, says a lot of horrible things. And then also incredible narcissist, like, you know, is did Captain America ever ask about me? And are you going to ever say anything about me? And he's always telling the stories about, you know, when he was Red Guardian. And so, you know, it's an, it's a real, it's a, it's a humanizing moment for him. So, uh, and I'd read something after we saw it that he, I don't know if he asked for the song to be used in the movie, like, that was an add-on later but he wanted that song like that in that scene he wanted to do that because he felt it would be a good connection and it would be humanizing for his character and i think it worked really really well oh that's very cool i agree it worked incredibly well it brought a lot of it together caesar my favorite scene was the same as yours okay i when you said it i was like dang it you stole my no it just everything you said and elena anything with elena in it i loved she made this movie for me just her dunking on her big sister with the poser thing throughout it the this would be a bad way to die versus this would be a good way to die your plan is shit your plan is shit oh god the best thing was the best thing was the most wonderful just like it's got so many pockets (laughs) and i added more well and then she just and then it's so sweet and touching and all that when you know her big sister gives her validation and says, no, it's cool. She's like, I knew it. I knew you liked it. And and because, you know, she doesn't have any frame of reference for that because she's been a brainwashed super spy. As she said, when she talked about it, I'd never bought anything for myself. This is the first thing I've bought for myself. So how important would that be to you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, incredibly important. And then it's the, you know, she gives the vest to her sister who then Mm -hmm. wears it through Endgame and... Mm -hmm. You know, that's the, you know, it's a very cool thing. And you're right about uh, Yelena and, you know, Florence uh, Pugh, the actress who plays her. She's amazing. Um, I've, I, I've only seen her in a couple of things. And so I just didn't know what to expect. And I thought she nailed it. I had a lot of fun uh, watching her because it was that pain in the ass, sarcastic little sister thing. Like I've got friends. I remember in high school, a friend whose, you know, little sister used to like get on the phone and, you know, try to listen in while we were talking. And now that woman's a grown adult and she's still that sarcastic pain in the ass but you know i saw a lot of that uh, a lot of her and yelena and it made me laugh because it's everybody knows somebody like that and it was a lot of fun to see she was great they were all great going back to david harbour i haven't seen him do anything bad i mean i 
I didn't think they needed to re- they didn't need to remake uh, whatchamacallit Hellboy and and I think he played didn't he wasn't he that him in the new yeah, Hellboy that's him yeah and, and, and that like it or not if you liked it or you didn't didn't have to do anything with his performance because I haven't seen him make do a bad thing that I've seen him in and he was in some weird thing where he played some thespian that I cannot place because he he's he's like a actor actor I think and it's just funny to see him. It was cool to see him do this kind of really over the top, like you said. Somebody said, or one of you all said, narcissistic, just but do, just doing it so well, playing this guy. Also, we, an interview we saw Scarlett Johansson on Seth Meyers, I think. Scarlett Johansson pointed out it's kind of interesting. I'm 36, he's 42, and he's playing my dad, which is which is hilarious. But he, you know, if anybody can pull it off, it's the great David Harbour. Because uh, he, it, it's actually a nice switch. Though, from where it normally is, where the 35-year-old woman plays a 40-year-old man's mother. or I mean, that, that tends to be the more Hollywood thing. Or she's, she's 40, and he's 48, and he, she's the mother. No, exactly. Super. Julie pointed that out right away. Because, you know, like, the, 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 one of the granddaddies of all those is Anne Bancroft being the older woman to Dustin Hoffman. And she was maybe six years older than him or something. Anyways, super off topic, but you guys saw Watchmen last year, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so the HBO show, and it was Gene Smart who played, not Sally Jupiter, but what was the character's name that Malin Ackerman played in the movie? Uh, Yes, I know exactly who who you're talking about. She was the FBI agent. Right, so she's the FBI agent. Mm -hmm. Now, a year later, she's in another show on HBO, Mayor of Eastwood? Mm-hmm. Or East I've, heard, that's, or I've like that. heard it's good. It's really, really good. I enjoyed it. Heather and I watched it, and uh, Gene Smart's in that, but she plays the title character's mother. And so in a year, this woman like looks super, super old. And I mentioned that to Heather. It's like, oh, my God, she looks old. She's like, yeah, they like didn't put makeup on her. You know, they kind of, you know, touched her up so that she would look older and just it was that contrast of like one year what this one person looks like i know it's a character but you know same thing that we were just talking about just the way she inhabits that character and then you know just does something pretty cool with it i don't know that was just a tangent sorry P- i got excited no plus yeah, she played silk specter by the way yeah plus yeah silk specter covid was hard I mean, right. we, 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 uh, the it funny thing people. the funny thing about that though the character if i remember correctly during watch tower oh Watchmen, the HBO special, she was supposed to be like 75 years old. Oh, really? Her character. Mm, yeah. Yeah, that's about yeah. right, I think. I, I, I think that was st- some of the stuff. So even though she, and she did, she obviously did not look it, but that was the point. She's Silk Spectre and was keeping it tight. There you go. Okay. Um, uh, speaking oh. of people who don't age. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. The whole thing about Red Guardian saying that he fought Captain America. Okay, I told you all my theory on this. Repeat it, please. I forget. Yes, and you have to repeat it for a podcast because no one else was in the parking lot with the three of us after the movie. What? (laughs) I thought thought in my weird delusional universe, I thought everything I say is always being recorded and broadcast simultaneously. Is that not what's happening? As far as you know, that's not happening. Yeah, Truman. That's what's happening. Okay. No, so my, my just theory is... Because you're right, it doesn't it doesn't match up. When Red Guardian would have been active, Cap would have still been in the ice. But remember, he had to go back in time, and we can talk about different you know timelines and all that. But oh yeah, your theory's wrong. See, okay, I know you're just gonna dismiss it out of hat out of hand. But oh no, I'm gonna back it, was, it up when you're done. 
Okay, well, he, he but he was reunited anyways. I'm just saying there's a possibility that maybe Cap ran into him when he was returning. Like he decided stones. just to go to Moscow and kick his ass just for the hell of it? Well, remember, you know, he they, they lifted that one stone from the 70s jersey from Hank Pym. All right, yeah, yeah. And maybe Red Guardian was on a mission to try to take the test. Who knows? I'm just saying there's... there's there, remember, time travel can work however the writers want it, want it to work. And if they wanted to shoehorn it in there... They could make it so that Chris Evans is Captain America, not Isaiah Bradley or, or somebody somebody else carrying the shield at the time. Ran into you know Cap Cap and Red Guardian maybe had a thing and a battle an encounter or or a thing. Who knows? You know maybe they hit it off. Not that type of thing, Charles. I saw your face on the feed. <laughs> and I know exactly what you were thinking. No, no. Anyways, no. So that was my idea. But go ahead. As I have said before. About the whole Captain America, and this is where the writers, when I said they don't know how time travel works in the universe that they wrote Endgame in, Captain America did not go back in time in the main sacred timeline. And I, I'm going to use that because spoilers for Loki. Yeah, we can talk about that too. <laughs> so he, he did, there is no world where Steve Rogers goes back in time and marries his sweetheart that starts S.H.I.E.L.D. and doesn't do something about the fact that Hydra has infiltrated S.H.I.E.L.D. It is a completely different timeline that he where goes he back. Ended. Where he ended. Well, I understand that. And, and that, that's fine, except you know what was also a different timeline? The one where he went and got that stone from. Again, that time travel makes my head hurt. I I, I understand, but so you you, the the thing that bothered me about the the only thing that bothered me about the writer saying that he did that was them showing that they did not understand the character that they were writing because Endgame was great, but then they come out with this and go, oh no, he was back there, and I did like the Russo Russo brothers who were like, no, that he it's a different timeline. Mm -hmm. I just remember seeing the seeing Endgame and thinking. So that cap had no, like, what was he doing when New York's being attacked? Exactly. Like, he's cool with it because yeah. he's got his girl. Yeah. It, and is the awkward <laughs> conversation he's going to have with Peggy about him mugging down with her niece, you know, well, yeah, in when the she's future. Born, he's just looking at her like, I need to tell you something. <laughs> yeah. Peggy, uh, Peggy, darling, sweetheart, I have a confession. Now, the question is, did he go back in a timeline where he actually died in the ice so he didn't resurrect? Ah, jeez. I don't know. See, that's, again, time travel. See, this is... I I've, I think I've told both of y'all before that I hated time travel, right? I've mentioned that to you, Hav. I know that. No, yeah. This I've really enjoyed because, as I said, this isn't time travel. This is a multiverse. So they're right. not traveling in time. They're going to similar timelines, and they're causing branches. And that's why my... You would think I would have hated Loki because it's all time travel. But damn, that show was good. Yeah, it was good. I have a incredible hatred for Loki, the character. Mm -hmm. He's annoying as hell. Loved the show. <laughs> Loved the show. I love where they ended. And again, so we're you know this will be out in two weeks. So there's this isn't spoilers, but the way they wrap it up with Jonathan Majors the actor uh, that's going to be playing Kang the Conqueror. I loved his performance. I don't know anything about that guy, but now I want to go find a bunch of his stuff and go see what he's done because just the way he portrayed the character at that time, oh, and now I'm super interested to see what's he going to be like in 
is it the next Ant-Man movie that he's going to be Conqueror? Yes. And mm-hmm. so, like, what's that going to look like? Because it's not going to be the same, you know. Completely it's different. not the same person. It's a different timelines version of this character. And so I'll, I'll be very interested in see that. But the whole time travel multiverse thing, like, it's going to make my head hurt. Did you see the thing where the end of Loki and the end of WandaVision sync up? No. No. How? What? Uh, okay, so you've got to go find the video. But when... Wanda and Agatha are fighting syncs up with when he who remains is explaining the timeline issues and like when Wanda sucks up all of Agatha's power he that's when he uh, he who remains says we've crossed the threshold and it's insinuating that Wanda is the one who's broken everything and unleashed the multiverse and like he drops a pen and it hits the it hits the table at the exact second that Agatha hits the ground and so like if I mean they've got them they've got the two clips playing side by side and so you see everything happening as it's happening and so it's a pretty cool thing so that now you know going forward that uh, Wanda's going to be in the next um, Doctor Strange movie Doctor Strange is going to be in the next Spider-Man movie Quantumania with uh, Ant-Man and Wasp that's going to be you know multiverse too so we're about to get smacked full of that which is, you know, is that how they're going to bring in the Fantastic Four and the X-Men and, you know, all these other things? And it's pretty exciting to see. That's when, because now, you know, being an X-Men fan, I'm excited. Like, okay, what are you going to do with those characters that I love? Especially Cyclops, Charles. Especially Cyclops. <laughs> the best character ever. Lies. Well, not lies, but he was Opinions. my favorite for a very long time. I, I have to be perfectly fair on this i have read some recent marvel x-men comics with cyclops and the things they have put that poor one-eyed bastard through and yes yes settle down hob i know he has two eyes i have grown to like him hell they they brought him they 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 made him kill professor x they made him come back from a different universe be forward in time and where He's a young Cyclops where an old Cyclops has just, I think he just died after doing horrible things in people's mind, even though he didn't quite do that. So I will give you the fact that now Cyclops is good. That shit y'all read when you were a kid. Y'all are stupid. <laughs> yeah, I'll take Again, it. Agree. Still okay with it. <laughs> agree to disagree. I, uh, I, I, I kid. I just didn't read that much. And I, I just like Gail Simone too much to really like Cyclops. Yeah, she's brilliant. I have no idea who that is. Uh, she's a comic book writer. And okay. Yeah, but she, she just trolls Twitter she, oh, comic book God. people. Like, she just she loves just trolling, and people somehow still to this day think she's being serious. Like, oh, it's that, that heat vision that, that Cyclops has and just drives fanboys crazy or drops other things about, hey, uh, my favorite uh, Justice League member is, is Wolverine. Or, you know, I'm, I'm just making that one up. But she'll do stuff like that just to drive people crazy. But no, so yeah, I am interested. Everybody kept on hoping that Fantastic Four was going to maybe come in at the end of WandaVision. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not one of those that cares. Like, I'm not one of those that it has to be the way I want it to be. Otherwise, I'm going to hate it and make my own, you know, website about it. I, I just, I know it's going to happen and I can't wait till it happens. HovHatesYourMovie.net. I've already got the... Uh... There you are all reserved, so it's all ready for you, buddy. I, I I'll give you a, a Gail Simone tweet that I I shared with Hav recently. Would Spider Man be as popular if he wasn't Marvel's first superhero? Yeah, and just completely confuse the fuck out of me. 
by the way. Yeah, it's because I'm trying to figure out who was Marvel's first superhero. Fantastic Four was their first super. Were their first, and, oh well, if you really want to get into it, Timely Comics had Captain America, Ant Man, Ant Man. Um, although Ant Man wasn't Ant Man when he was first Ant Man, ha- uh, Pym. Yeah. But Spider Man wasn't their first superhero, and yeah, I but- I even warned Hav that it was I a saw, trap. I sent him a because because I I pulled him off sides and with a warning I gave him the Admiral Akbar. Jeff, <laughs> it's a trap. <laughs> it's a <Yeah>. trap. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, so that, yeah. that's the kind of mind game fuckery that she plays with, and it's brilliant. See, that's cool. And I, again, like that's the experience that I had working with, you know, working at that comic shop is just you know the super over the top. You know, it's got to be this way, and it's all this, and you know, it, like you were saying, Hop, however they bring him in, whatever the Fantastic Four looks like, whatever they do with the X Men, I'm excited for it because I see like the opportunity that okay, it's going to be a good movie. It's going to be a fun movie, and you know. At some point, Marvel's going to drop a turd. Like, it, it's going to happen. Where that is, who knows? But even the lesser, like, I don't know. Uh, what's the second Thor movie? Uh, Dark World. Hell, even the original Thor, the first Thor movie, yeah, I'm not the, crazy about. Eh, yeah. And, you know, it's still, I've gone back and watched it, and it's still a good movie. I'm just not super crazy about it. So, you know, wherever they lead all these things with the multiverse and all, all these characters that they're now able to bring in, and then, you know, what are the crossovers going to be? You know, will the X-Men pop up in one space and then, you know, get their own movie? Or how are they going to be introduced? I look forward to all that. That's exciting to me. I, I think the great thing that Marvel has done with their comic book movies is in the past when people said, well, you can't make a good comic book movie, it's because they would get, they would license a property, they would get a director that didn't really like comic books or care about comic books that would make their version of, of a movie that was it didn't have anything to do with that character. Yeah. yeah. Where whereas with Feige, he's put some constraints and some of the I there have been complaints from some of the directors that they've asked to work with them. They're like, "Well, they're putting they're, they're giving me too many. They they want me to do too much and they they're this is my vision and it's like well it is your vision we're letting you play because don't tell me they didn't let Gunn who said they put more constraints on him than DC did with the with Suicide Squad, but he didn't have to take all of Feige's notes, and I know they let him run pretty wild with Guardians of the Galaxy, because I, I that that what he came up with was probably not right in the wheelhouse of what they expected, because that thing was awesomely out of this world. Did that make sense? You're looking at me like yeah, I, no, they didn't know, you know, I, and I I think I've said this before, maybe even a couple times on 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 the podcast, Charles, Guardians of the Galaxy. When they announced that they were going to do the movie and James Gunn was going to do it, and I told somebody I was talking to, like, if they can pull this off, it's going to be great, and they're going to be able to do whatever the hell they want to going forward. And sure enough, it was awesome. And maybe you're right. Maybe they did give Gunn a lot more freedom because it was very much, shoot, if people didn't know who Iron Man was before that came out with Robert Downey Jr., they nobody knew who the hell Guardians of the Galaxy were. I had no idea about Guardians of the Galaxy. Like it was so go. far removed from, and then I went and looked it up, and then, you know, having to be explained that it was not the original is not Star Lord, and you know all this, and that was the one that I thought that was the first thing I thought that was going to be the turd that they dropped. <laughs> uh, I was like, this looks stupid. There's, it's not going to be good, and I absolutely loved it. And you know, like Chris Pratt wasn't. Cr- was that his first big breakout? This is before the Jurassic Park movies, right? Yes, so, it got him you know, Jurassic Park. 
he was Andy from uh, uh-huh. Parks and Rec. And that was the other thing is like people saying, you know, doughy Andy's going to be the you know hero. And he pulled it off. He does it so well. And I like and then you've got somebody like uh, Chris Hemsworth that, you know, Thor, who's hilarious in a lot of these. And it, I've seen him in other things where he's just completely hilarious. And I'm really surprised, like what they've been able to pull off and the actors that I mean, Chris Hemsworth wasn't Chris Hemsworth when they signed him. You know, they've really brought along a lot of people. Well, well, that that's one of one of the things I they're they're talking about a new movie that's coming out, and I forget which one. This was I just read something a couple of days ago, and they're like, well, they really seem to be going after um, unknown actors to star in these new Marvel movies. And I'm and I was thinking, well, they did get unknown actors, and people are thinking, oh yeah, but Iron Man, he's a known name. Yeah, he was a known name that had a massive problems with drugs and alcohol and he'd just come off a decent indie film or i guess it wasn't really indie but the, you know the one i'm talking oh it was him and Is it the one with robert duvall the judge no that, which i heard was awful no it was the one that the, the the by the the maker of the good guys god that's a great movie anyway it's it's irrelevant but he was not oh kiss kiss bang bang yes with val kilmer that was yes great. yes he was in kiss kiss bang bang and then they got him to do Iron Man, and they didn't pay him. They didn't break the bank on him either. It was a it was a roll of the it dice. Was a big risk. It was a big risk on on his part and their part that paid off. And so they've not they've never really brought stars in. They they've done a good job of getting known names, but like I think you all have each said about different actors, Chris Hemsworth wasn't Chris Hemsworth. Chris Evans wasn't really super duper. Badass he, Chris Evans. He'd been in Fantastic Four. You can't be a superstar having been in the Fantastic Four. Yeah. Hey, I, I didn't know who the heck Tom Holland was before they announced him as Spider-Man. Yeah. No, uh, no. Yeah. I, of course, I knew who Scarlett Johansson was, but I, I don't, you know, yes, she's a good actress, but all I have to say is, no, the, the, the actors, well, what's, his, what's his face that plays uh, Bunny, Winter Soldier? Um uh, <laughs> That uh, dude, Sebastian Stan. There you go. I mean, they've they, they've just done a really good job of, of of getting good actors, regardless if they're a name or not. They look. What's her face? Pepper Potts is the, the actress that plays Pepper Potts. Mm-hmm. That's all about how her hoo ha smells, you know, <laughs> in, in putting that in her products. Maybe she was a known actress, but she's it's a bit role. So they've done. And then yeah. you know, what's her face that plays Aunt May, the great Marissa Tomei. Thank oh my you. God! Bless her. So yes, Best. every once got, in a while they'll drop a big name. You've got Odin, Anthony Hopkins. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, and yeah. I've always felt that you know they wasted Idris Elba. Heimdall. The, Heimdall. Heimdall. Yeah. yeah. And so I mean, you've got these huge names mm. as periphery, you know, small um, parts. Who was it? Uh, Tilda Swinton is the. Um, oh, and the ancient one. Yeah, the ancient one. Yeah, and so I'm 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 in awe a lot of times of what they've been able to pull off just making good comic book movies that the source material is comic book, but these are blockbuster action movies that work really, really well and they're fun. They're smart. And then, you know, like being able to bring up somebody like Chadwick Boseman, who had a pretty good run of movies, you know, a solid, solid actor. And then to elevate him to this level. And then, you know, sadly, you know, he passes, but you know what he's done in that, what he did in that role for what three movies, was he in uh, uh, not Endgame? What was the one before that? Infinity uh, War. Infinity War. Yeah. One, two. Civil yeah, War. Yes, yeah. Civil Four movies. Okay, four. 
and you know what that character has was was able to become you know it's 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 a testament to what marvel's put together and i I do feel like i'm now listening to myself like you know oh my god i just love marvel movies so much and i do i really really do i've had so much fun watching them they had bradley cooper play a talking raccoon and they pulled it off and because he they're owns, Marvel. Yeah, and he owns that character. He just... It, it is just the most marvelous thing. It's the best role he's had. I saw that My. movie. I didn't know it was him until the credits. I oh, was right. like, that was, that was Bradley fucking Cooper playing Rocket? I had no well, idea. They took Vin Diesel and gave him three words. <laughs> And, and, and made one of my favorite characters. Yeah, and, and in fairness, I made a joke. Bradley Cooper's had great roles. That probably is Vin Diesel's best role. I mean, well, but he still has to ask for his line. Fast Nine, so okay. No Fast, but he still has to ask for his lines when he's doing Groot. He's I haven't like, seen line. Fast One. <laughs> um, my absolute favorite moment in all the Marvel movies is in Endgame. When Thor and Groot and Rocket come down to Wakanda, and that's not an end game, it's Infinity, uh, War. Infinity War. And when they come down to Wakanda, and Groot's, he's like, I am Groot. Captain America looks and goes, I am Steve Rogers. <laughs> that's- I, will, I will think about that. I will have to go find it online just so I can watch it and then have a good laugh because I still love that little exchange where Captain America is just, the way, it's very sincere. I am Steve Rogers. Yeah. No, that, it's that, awesome. That is my favorite scene in that movie too. By the way, Hawk and Bunny comes from comes from Tree and Rabbit. I just clicked where I can't why I why I call him Hawk and Bunny. That must be I it. I don't know what Tree and Rabbit is. Uh, that's what Thor call, calls Raccoon, uh, Rocket, and Groot. Groot. Oh, Tree and Rabbit. Okay, Tree yeah, and yeah, Rabbit. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is this is my <laughs> this is my friend Tree. I am Groot. That's what leads it yeah, leads yeah, into yeah, that. Yeah. 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 So, hey, that, yeah, to bring it back a little bit, I am so much more excited about Hawkeye. First, because we just read Hawkeye, the series, the, the comic book series, or, you know, the, those few issues, which I know there's more to read. Hold but on, then, hold on. Caesar, you can get that at the public library. Online. Yes. Yeah, but you're also talking about this uh, app that you can get it on also, yeah. so I could do that. Too. Hoopla, that's Hoopla. what I'm saying. You join the yeah. public library. You download Hoopla, read. and then you can read the Hawkeye. Arc. There's a lot of pictures. It's yeah. mostly pictures. I, actually, if you get deep enough into it, there's one that's just the dog, and it's okay. just pictures the whole way. Side note, you guys have known me. Charles, you've, I, we've known each other since, what, 94-ish? Have, actually, 93. Early 2000s. No, it would no, have been 94. It would have been 94. So anyways, yeah. you guys have known me forever. My girlfriend has known me since we were, uh, we've known each other since we were 14 years old. And one day I made a joke about not being able to read. I just said something real off the cuff, like, yeah, well, you know, since I'm illiterate. And mind you, she's an educator. So she's taught. She's an administrator now. And I could see her out of the corner of my eye just stop, look at me. And I just kept driving. I didn't say it. And look at her. And she looks at me. She goes, okay, tell me. Promise me. You can read, right? I'm like, (laughs) I just look at her like, are you kidding me? And she's like, no, 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 no. You have to say it. I can read. I need to know you can. So it's been a running joke for years now that I've just dropped. I'll be like, yeah, you know, I can't read. And then she's like, finally, she stopped saying it. Well, I said it in front of her daughter one time and her daughter just flipped out. You can't read. And I was like, oh, oh no, 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 wait, 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 wait. I can read. I can read. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry. I'll prove it to you. Give me something. <laughs> I mean, we spent hours reading the newspaper in college. I mean, yeah, there, but so I, 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 I do know you can read. 
I know. She was like, she's like, no, I knew you in high school. I know you went to college. I know you run a business. I know this and that. You just tell me you can read. Tell me. <laughs> so, yes, I'm, uh, a- maybe I will get a, a, a library card and start doing a little bit of this as time frees up in the near future. Well, the other thing, too, that I always forget, Caesar, is sometimes the, the page numbers look daunting on the comic books. But, again, they're comic books. You re- I read a comic book in like five or ten minutes, man. An issue, you read it in five or ten See, minutes. And minutes of- this is what really keeps me from doing it is because in spring of 93, would have, I was a senior in high school, and I was at a grocery store. I saw a co- the cover of an X-Men uh, comic, and I actually looked it up beforehand. X-Men 19, and it's Colossus, and I saw the art, and I thought, I want to read that. And that reignited whatever it is I loved about comics and dove full in into that and then like went and bought everything I get my hands on. And then it was like, oh, I can order back issues. So I ordered like two years, you know, back issues. I get into something, I get super into it. And I got into X-Men, Uncanny X-Men, X-Force, X-Factor, all these things. And then I tried getting into Avengers and I was like, okay, this is way too much money, you know, solo books and all that. So it's one of those things like if I start doing this, I know I'm going to get right back into where I was and that's dude that's a time burner that's a cash burner and I'm not prepared for that right now uh, okay whatever well just we'll, we'll see I, hey look I, I'm I'm kind of the same way where it's really easy for me to go down you know hey I if I have this and I want to get this and I want to read this and but the thing is time constraints are real especially now so I just don't I mean I have the time to do certain stuff so I, I would I wouldn't worry about it too much but at least check out the the app. It's fun. It's and it's no. Free. You guys have definitely made me want to check out Black Hammer. Like that's the thing. That's the one that you know. Once the semester ends, and then you know, I have a little bit of downtime. I want to do that. Of what we've read, I would definitely say Black Hammer would be great. And to when this comes out, the the episode that drops tomorrow when we're recording this, we talk about Bitter Root. Oh, that one's good too. That's a that's the newest comic that we've read. It's now I have looked it up when we were recording. Twenty sixteen. Yeah. No, no, no. Twenty eighteen came out in twenty eighteen. Oh, there you yeah. go. Yeah, it came out in twenty eighteen. It's still current. There's only like fourteen issues. There's fourteen issues. Suck it, Hav. Um, there you go. There you go. Look at him using the correct word for a comic book issue. We're all very proud of your growth as a person, Charles. It's baby hey. steps, guys. Baby steps. So well, I'm sorry, Charles. Char- you were you were talking about Hawkeye. Yeah, I was going to say I am. So be- be- between reading what Charles suggested, we read a, a couple episodes ago that that Hawkeye uh, series, which was very well done, and then the the end credit scene of Black Widow, where Natasha's baby sister is going to take care of her grave and make sure the teddy bear's there. And Yelena bumps into Valentina, played by the great Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Another big man in a very small role. Yeah. Uh, you find out Valentina's going to task Yelena, who is apparently now working for her, her organization, which is what again? Who is she with? It is. I, I don't think she ever said I who don't... she was with. It's kind of a uh, black ops I suspect it is a hybrid uh, uh, Hydra offshoot. If okay. if I have to guess, knowing nothing yet so far, it is probably some sort of hybrid 
offshoot of Hydra. Because remember, they, they got rid of Hydra, and now she's gathering the American agent, and she's going to get a, her own Black Widow. But yeah. I, I'm very much looking forward to seeing her get corrupted by Hawkeye. Not corrupted, wooed over, because there's no way, once they get yeah, into that it... that character's not going to be a, an evil person and going yeah. into the next a set of Avenger movies. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. she's, going to be, she's going to be the next Black Widow, and... She's going to realize that Clint Clint Barton is her big sister's best friend in the world, and she'll yeah. know the true story. Well, then hopefully, also, uh, right, the whole thing with the with at least part of the Hawkeye show is we're going to be introduced to the new Hawkeye, correct? the real Hawkeye. Yeah, yeah, your 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 uh, your favorite. What's your face? Kate, Kate Bishop. Bishop. The only reason I know that is because of this damn podcast. Uh huh. Charles just swooning over. Oh, Kate Bishop. Kate Bishop. He's Kate Bishop. he's got a he's got a life size pillow of Kate Bishop that well, he sleeps with. It's not life size. Okay. I don't know if that's better or worse. Yeah, that didn't make it any better. <laughs> oh, I wasn't trying to make it any better. Okay. Oh, that's yeah. So just, for some reason, that made me really awkward. I, and I'm the one that made the joke. Way to creep yourself out, man. Good job. Yeah. The hey, next so of, Hawkeyes. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, yeah. Hawkeye comes out sometime before the end of the year, correct? Uh, good question. What If comes out next month. Right. And then I saw something today that said Hawkeye and Ms. Marvel. Is that the next? So those will both be out before the end of the year. Ms. Marvel will be out before the end of the year? I think that's right. Okay. Pencil this down. You haven't read Ms. Marvel yet, have you, Hav? Nope. Okay. That's going to be then probably after... Jessica Jones, you're doing Miss Marvel. If if that's coming out, you're reading it because absolutely love that comic book. I've heard nothing but good things about it. That's for sure. Well, that's all I've told you because I I remember talking to you about it when when I first read it, and it's just an amazing comic with Kamala Khan. I just have late 2021 is when it's going to be coming out. Okay. Hawkeye, yeah. All I see is what if is August 2021, and then uh, Hawkeye no, is Marvel sometime the rest mm-hmm. after that okay. what if for it's a birthday gift to me because it comes out on my birthday wednesday august 11 nice so i did look that up and i know that's coming you, you had I, to look up your birthday yeah memory's not what it used to be guys just gotta gotta i wear, I wear, I wear a little thing around my neck that's got my birthday my address my date of birth does julie you still know, pin your mittens my, my, to your shirt too my, my name <laughs> Well, it is July. He doesn't need his mittens right now, Caesar. You don't know that. You don't know yeah. where he's at. <laughs> he gets he gets lost in the freezer of uh, restaurants all the time. So never mind. Anyways, hey, speaking of big names, uh, just to drop a couple other from this. Obviously, the great Rachel Wise. Speaking of people that don't age, because she's just awesome. I remember loving her when I first. I think I first you know knew who she was from the Mummy movies with Brendan Fraser back in the day, which I love. We talk about fun movies and another big name, William Hurt. Oh yeah, the, the great William Hurt reprising his role as old Thunderbolt Ross. So I want to yeah, I mean, know all the way back. Go, Go ahead. ahead, Charles. Oh no, just all the way back since Incredible Hulk, and then in was it the second Incredible Hulk movie, where uh, or it would have been the third one where uh, Robert Downey Jr. is in the uh, post credit scene or the mid credit scene, telling him we're putting together a team. Like yeah. William Hurt's been through this thing, you know, for the ten plus years that this, that the Marvel's been making movies. 
I do want to know, and I'm sure we'll figure out at some point, we'll find this out, what happened when Natasha stayed at the end of the movie, where the, he's coming oh, yeah. up, Thunderbolt Ross is coming up, and the whole military group is coming, and she's like, no, no, y'all go. I mean, she could have left with the rest of the Widows and, yeah. and the Crimson later, Dynamo. Yeah, two weeks later, she's free. So what kind of conversation did they, did she have? Because she wasn't escaping from there. Now, if anybody could do it, she could do it. But I don't think, I think she was waiting to talk to him. Well, and I, I'm curious now, like, what are they going to do with, are, are they at some point going to try to tell her story? Because there's still big gaps in it. Mm-hmm. Like, how did she meet Barton? How did, you know, how did this all get fleshed out? And so is that going to be covered in Hawkeye in some form or fashion? Is that going to be, a, is there another Black Widow movie? Is she going to have a, you know, a early is it going to be a pre-prequel prequel? yeah and so like because there's still a lot of room to use that character and her as the actor in it you know just a question of does she want to do that do they want to do that because you know like i said there's a lot of space that could be there's a lot of topic to be covered and part of it fleshes out you know her story and then barton's story too especially with uh, his show coming out soon i would be fine with seeing more and just so for the listeners and Charles, you, you said Crimson Dynamo. I think you meant Red Guardian. Crimson Dynamo is the Iron no, Man. he's saying it on purpose. He's saying it on purpose. Is, is he doing that to troll me? Yeah, because okay. no, no she calls him that in one of the scenes. I'm trolling oh, him. Does. I'm I'm trolling okay. him because if it's it's his yeah no it's it's a cult. man. Okay, just want to make sure. No, I would love to see more Black Widow, and it it does, you know, with the multiverse thing going on, maybe there's a way to to bring her back in some form or fashion. We 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 got Gamora back. Right. This yeah, one, true. this one. Well, in fairness, your choice was between a, your other choice was between a tree and a raccoon. And a raccoon, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I liked it. I don't care what you guys say about Black Widow. <laughs> I disagree. I thought it was great. I'm not sure where you guys hated it so much. I, well, that said, I, I didn't know you guys liked it. There are, you know, hey, not everybody's gonna like every movie. I do find it curious that a lot of the the fanboys that don't like this one seem to have not liked some other women-centric movies. Like Captain Marvel? Yeah, in particular, maybe Captain Marvel, maybe Wonder Woman. Maybe they didn't like, you know, Peggy Carter in her show. Oh, that show was awesome. I never watched it, so I'm not. I know her character from the movie. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It really was. And they, they had a lot of fun with it, and probably that's why it didn't last plus it was on abc and nobody watches network tv anymore yeah I, I even I watched still it. Thing? Uh, they ran through a complete they ran through their run and it's it i think it was six episodes six, six season? seasons season? six seasons not, not six issues. it was six issues in a season mm-hmm. and no and i even stopped watching that that got all weird and they had an alternate thing too no they had a they? yeah i i actually they they got really comic booky in it and it was fun okay. it, because they did comic book stuff throughout the entire thing. And it was an enormous amount of fun. You can also pencil that in that this is a lot of in alternate timelines because it doesn't really, it's not really in there. And there are places where it goes out on its own and then loops back because they did do a whole season where they were in a time loop, basically. Because they went in time and they did something and then they came back and they, the earth had been destroyed, basically. And when I watched the episode, the season, the season for the second time, I really, did I watch it twice? Or maybe I, I, when I watched it, I didn't really like it until I finished the whole thing. And then I was like, oh, wait, I really liked that. 
it was a weird season of a show because normally if I don't like something later, I don't look back on it and go, oh, wait, now I get what they were doing there. And <laughs> that was really well done. Any other bullet points or things you all want to make sure to, to get in here while I, we're talking Black Widow? I would like to talk about the scene with Draco. Drag, Drago? Draco? Drake, Draco. Draco. Not, no, it wasn't. It Draco? wasn't the Dolph Lundgren. Okay. Ooh. He what, could, which scene? The one in his office? The one in his office. Okay. I really, I just like the whole way that worked, where they kind of went heist movie with it, with having it be Rachel Weiss originally in there talking to him, and then, ha ha ha, wait, now we're going to go back and show you how we did the heist. Yes, very Ocean's Eleven. Very yeah, or Mission Impossible. Well, it just yeah. any any spy movie, any heist. When you have to, you know, you have to trick them, and they did a really good job on that. And the olfactory sense that she would when he's talking about the pheromones, and you can't do that. And then she goes into pure Black Widow and gets him to attack her, because that's exactly what she's done with the first scene in. Avengers, yeah. her first scene when she's sitting there and the, the whole Phil Coulson thing. Can, can this wait? He's telling me everything. I'm not telling you <laughs> <Yeah>. everything. <laughs> yeah. So t- you you could just tell it was just that that's her character. That's how she gets it. That's how she gets it out of Loki. She and got the bad guy to monologue. She gets the bad guy to monologue and it, there's, a, there's a skill to it and she's got it and then he's just punching her and punching her and punching her and I... And I know we all knew it. I'm like, okay, she's trying to get... So the pheromones don't work. And I loved that. Well, you have to sever the nerve, and I didn't do it. And when she slams her head into that table, it's just like, oh, man. That was awesome. In a kind of horrific way. And Ray Ray Winstone, you know, the bad bad guy that plays Dracoff, I've seen him in other stuff. He was good in this. I just want to mention, if y'all haven't seen Sexy Beasts... It's a hard watch, but it's really so, good, and he is great at it. Is that the one with Ben Kingsley? Yes. Y- yes. Okay, no, I've never seen it. But I oh, you haven't seen you, you should see the movie. It's a very, very good movie. Yeah. So when I saw that he was going to be playing the bad guy in this, I was like, okay, cool. He, I, I, I bet you he can, he's going to do this well. And sure enough, he plays just a great you know, bad guy asshole. So it was good. So, okay, this is the thing I didn't understand about his character and like what was going on is, so he's got widows all over the world. Is he plotting to take over the world, or is he just hiring them out to governments to screw with each other? I think and he's. Therefore, nobody ever has true balance. I think that. Power. I think that's what he's doing. I think he's just gathering power and money and using them as his own strike force type thing. I don't think he was trying. He's controlling. He can use them to control markets. He can use them to control other governments. And I, I think. How does that benefit him other than? Hey, look at all the power I've got when I live in my little floaty mansion. That what like, you know does is was there some bigger plot that was foiled because now his widows are all going to be um, exposed and turned. That's a good question. Now I have to watch it again and think about that. I mean, I saw it a second time and it still never occurred to me. Like you know, what's what the exactly, point? Like, yeah, he had all this power. What was he doing with it? What was the end game? What was it just, it's you know, who was, power who, who was power selling sake. these, these women to, to the, you know, overturned governments and well, it costs a lot of money to keep a floating palace. So well, yeah, I mean, mine's pretty expensive and we've had to cut off on the air conditioning during the summer, but still, you know, how do you do these things? And you know, his big villainous uh, monologue 
didn't it really it never explained him i never caught the part where he says and this is what i'm going to do with all this yeah that's a good point i don't think they really did just i think like i think maybe it's just power for power's sake because he's just not a good person i guess i don't know that that is a well, very good question now i'm gonna have i, I legitimately gonna hole? have to think damn it I don't know if it's a plot hole. Maybe it's just something that we missed. But yeah, well, that uh, I I don't know if I missed it. I was more on the family dynamic and the action. Yeah, I mean, really you know why that. Thanos yeah. does what he does. You know why? Yeah. The is it the dark elves in Thor's second movie? Like you know why they're doing what yeah. they're doing. I just didn't what, catch why it is with he? This guy. I, I I do think it just has to do with that. He's all. That's what he's always done. I mean, that was his role in Russia was to run the widow program and as russia broke down he still runs it he just runs it for himself mm-hmm. yeah, that's it, a good point it, it like a perpetual motion kind of thing that's what i do i've got it i have this ability to control these women and i can make an enormous amount of money it's more of a crime syndicate than it is anything else yeah yeah maybe so well you know, it's Hobbs said when are the, power of money power and money i was going to mention one other character we didn't talk about the guy that plays, well, the, the character that gets Natasha her stuff and her Winnebago and her planes yeah. and helicopters. Who, who is that guy? Yeah, really good actor. I looked him up. O.T. Fagbenel? Fagbenel? I don't know how you say it. F-A-G-B-E-N-L-E? B-E-N-L-E? O.T.? But uh, does he have a place in the Marvel Universe already? Rick, as like Rick, a... Well, they say Rick. They, I don't think they ever say his name, do they? But they in, in this thing I'm reading is that his, he's Rick Mason. Yes, he has uh, a place in the Marvel Universe. I, I forget what I read about it, but he is an actual supplier of things, and he's he is a character that's throughout the Marvel Universe. Hobbs got I something think, pulled up. Yeah, I mean, not much more than that, okay. really, that I'm reading about. Just like you said, he's just a dude that gets stuff for people. He's kind of a, a fixer, supplier of for hard-to-get stuff to people that are wanting to stay under the radar, maybe. Very, you know, like he is in this thing. It's just, it was interesting because obviously there was, you could tell there was history between them. You could tell he liked Natasha, and it, I just thought he was, he was, it was one of those where it's, it's a, it's a pretty bit part that was done really well. It was, in, it, I thought it was a cool chemistry between the two of them. That again, if you wanted to see more, maybe yeah. that'd be something to see more of. I could see him appearing in Hawkeye. That's exactly oh. what I was thinking. There you go. Well, yeah, there you go. Cause and I Yelena, still have not had, I've never had this question answered. Who makes their uniforms? Like the dude, in, the dude on the uh, free Endgame, side. He goes, Hawkeye has his thing that maybe Shield gave him, and then Tony Stark outfitted him with uh, their stuff for when they went time traveling. But when he goes Ronin in uh, Endgame, who makes that costume for him? He's he's really good with the, He's really he's really good with. Uh, he's a same thread and needle. Yeah, I mean, he's... I you guys were. Uh, I was listening to I guess episode five. And you guys mentioned Edna from The Incredibles, yeah. you know, no capes. And <laughs> yeah, like that was, at least there's an explanation there. But in the Marvel Universe, it's like, where do these costumes come from when they're, you know, solo people? There are, in some of the comics I've read, there are some people that make costumes for them. Uh, Spider-Man made his own start? costume. Well, no. Okay. In, in the comics, Spider-Man made his own costume. But I'm talking about in the movies. Yes. Like, I would like an explanation because yeah. at some point you're going to have, you know, solo person that has, you know, this kick-ass costume. Like, where'd you get that? Like, that, that was kind of though. And let me say this. I like the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies. 
I don't like the focus on Tony Stark in the Spider-Man movies. That everything Peter gets is because of Tony Stark. Because it, the whole the whole point of uh, Spider-Man in all the comics is that boy ain't got nothing, and he's out well, there. I, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Uh, he's just out there, and then but here's Tony Stark, and here's a magic suit, and keep it. But so that that's just my Spider-Man rant. I may have done this on another uh, podcast. Well, I was hoping you're going to say that you think the Spider-Man movies should focus way more on Aunt May, Marissa Tomei, which of course I would be all for. Uh, well, I would not mind a, a solo Aunt May movie. Yeah. Do you so guys you just want to review a few of her movies? Like, in, <laughs> we'll just do a podcast for that. So, speaking of my cousin Vinny. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways, anyways, no, anything. Let's see. I'm try- I, I don't think I got any other bullet points or thoughts on the old the old Black Widow movie. You no, guys? I thought it was great. I'm looking forward to. I will probably see it again in the theater at some point in the next couple of weeks. But like, I'm looking forward to what's coming up next. Spider-Man next, or is it Eternals? Both of them are coming up by the end of the year. I think Eternals is next, and then Spider-Man is after that. But I'm not 100% sure. Hob is... uh, Eternals are November. Right. Okay, so, then. Okay, what I've got here is Eternals 2021, Doctor Strange 2022, Ant-Wasp, Ant-Man and the Wasp. How do you say it? Is Shang-Chi? Oh, Shang-Chi. Yeah, that's, that's September. coming out in September. September 3rd. Right. I knew there Eternals. was... A, I, I'm actually looking forward to that one. Yeah. Eternals, November Yeah, I don't 5th. know anything about him. I, I saw... I know a little bit about him. I've read some stuff on Marvel Unlimited, and when I saw the trailer, I was like, yeah, that could be a lot of fun. Shoot. So oh, here's the, the thing. Spider-Man No Way Home... Is that next year? December 17th this year. Okay. Doctor Strange into the into the Multiverse of Madness, March 25th next year, 2022. Thor Love and Thunder, May 6th, 2022. Black Panther Wakanda Forever, July 2022. The Marvels, November 11, 2022. Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, February 2023. Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3, May 2023. And then the last one on this, Fantastic Four to be announced, director John Watts. That's all okay, I got. So we're that. looking at probably end of 2023. Is probably what they're looking at to start bringing in some of those other. Yeah, well, yeah. We're looking all the way into late 2023. Well, actually, though, with what I have got to assume, since Loki is over and we're splitting timelines already, we're going to start to see leakage in some of possibly in some of these movies before we get to quantum. Mat- well, we're, what you said, quantum. Oh, you said. November was Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, right? No, March next year. It's March of next year? Yeah, okay. Eternals Oh, Eternals. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Eternals. Eternals and uh, it's supposed to be November, <laughs> and so I'm assuming Spider-Man's okay. in December? Yes. Yeah. Okay. But that's nine wow. movies they already have planned, guys. That's well, amazing to me. Well, and that's also, I mean, things that had to get pushed back because of yeah. COVID, so... Right. Um, you know, right. we're not looking at, and sadly, you know, this makes me sad that you know, we won't see an X Men movie probably until twenty twenty four, twenty five. Right. Somewhere in that I would guess Well they right. they gotta get some of that Fox stank off of it. Well, I mean, you know, I'm still waiting for it. I'm still excited for <laughs> I it. I know. And you and you should um, be. Cyclops you know, in all his glory. Oh, so excited. A lot of yellow spandex, it'll be awesome. But yeah, I mean like so I'm in for Shang Chi and uh, Eternals, you know, depending when Spider Man comes out, you know, I'm in for doing another one of these. Awesome. Yes. Me too. Absolutely. I, I guess, and on that note, we should probably wrap this up. We've kept both of you all so long. We, I, 
us together. All right, well, I just want to thank you guys. Again, I've enjoyed the podcast. I've enjoyed what you guys are churning out. So keep going with it. You know, i big fan of our friend Elaine. So Elaine, if you're listening, you need to hook up with these guys and do an episode because I'd love to hear your take on the things that you enjoy. Amen. You know, yeah. Uh, get a few more guests in here because, you know, it's always good to hear other people's perspective and like bring a little, you know, new taste of what uh, what's out there and see, you know, that's how you're going to introduce new people to new things. Well, then on that note, yeah. If it, So if anybody that's listening, look, some people don't like the talking and the public speaking, and I get that. But if you do and you want to join us for an episode and have an idea of, hey, I'd really like to, to have you all read this or I'd really like to, hey, email us, text us, call us. We're not hard to find. And then if you don't want to join us for a podcast like Caesar did today, but just want to suggest something for us to read because you read something that you think is cool and you think we might dig it please let us know that too i would i would uh, i'm i'm loving the stuff that charles is suggesting but i'm sure other people would have some just as equally cool stuff to for for me and charles to read i i agree would cool. i would love for y'all to suggest some other things for hob to suggest there you go yeah because i'm just going to keep on going to the 80s i'm going to hit that my, i'm going to go back to my wheelhouse over and over and over again that this is going to be uh, Charles's multiverse of madness. Yeah. Hey, speaking of, just a little bit of uh, some other housekeeping. Our next podcast, me, me and you, Charles, we will be discussing Alias, Jessica Jones, and Golden Age, a DC Elseworlds combo. So y'all have that to, that gloriousness to look forward to, I guess. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can tell you the Jessica Jones comic is damn good right there now. You go. So. Okay. Well, thank y'all for coming on. Caesar, in particular, thank you for coming on. It, it's been great to have you here. Hav, as always, it is wonderful. Um, and thank you to everyone out there that listened. We really, really like you. Um, we respect you. Keep listening. Email Hav. Tell him, tell him to suggest something good. All right. Yeah, please. Bye, everybody. Bye. Take care.